to the Artificially Unintelligent podcast. My name is William, and I'm always here together with Nikolai. How's it going? I'm good. What about you? Yeah, it's all good. I'm excited. There's a big week coming up, a lot of new releases. We choose to focus on another company, but as many of you might know, it's the OpenAI Dev Day today over in San Francisco. So we will definitely be talking about that in the upcoming episodes. But for today, I think we'll focus on another company that we have been talking about throughout different sort of episodes. And they we think both that they are doing a lot of things right at the moment. And having looked at their research site, they are really working on literally A to Z, like everything. So we will be talking about Meta. Yeah. And especially like recently, they did like a large push in like open source AI, they always bring a big proponent with like PyTorch, but also React. But I think like how much they release, especially in the AI space is pretty crazy with like segment anything we already touched upon, Llama 2, Nougat and a bunch of other models. Yeah. And this is, you know, they've been under the kind of been on the fire or whatever you call it, like in the last couple of years, or at least after some political scandals which we won't go into but they have really i think they have actively tried to turn it around and become sort of an open source proponent and uh, releasing a lot of new cool stuff that people can easily access and use for their own research or their own you know hobbies whatever you have so i think you know we we shouldn't give them too much shit as as people because they are trying to push the frontiers of AI in a, in a collaborative way. I would at least argue they would, they are doing that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think like if you're looking at the open source models, they brought out in the last few months, like one called Nougat, uh, which is neural optical understanding for academic documents. So basically an OCR for academic documents, like a SAM model. <laughs> for segmentation, additional one image creation model, which I've seen, but also seamless M4T, which is basically a text translation model with nearly 100 different languages, which is quite crazy. Then Llama 2, of course, which they completely open sourced, but also FACET, uh, which I think is quite cool, which stands for Facebook's Annotated Computer Vision Testbed which is a data set created by Meta to probe computer vision models for biases. So you can probe classification, detection, segmentation, but also visual grounding. Yes, and they are, of course, entering a lot of different fields with their research. So computer vision and the NLP, etc., etc. But what I like about them is that they're also trying to enter the more hardware-related fields, such as robotics and all of like most people know about Oculus, which is their devices for VR, AR, and so on, or at, at least uh, virtual reality. Then they also have some efforts with Ray-Ban with smart glasses, which I suppose will be used for like augmented reality and also incorporating different sort of modalities such as like text or speech to translation services, etc. Um, but yeah, there's a lot in that space too. Yeah. And I think you nearly have to touch on some regulatory stuff because I think like for Meta, 
there is two quite interesting development like one they in the eu they committed to not advertise to children anymore and also they made some changes that if you buy a subscription to their services you basically don't get any ads so they are moving towards a direction where it's an adless model adless services which is quite a big change for them and especially because they get under so much scrutiny regarding the targeted ads towards children and at the same time they have some trouble in congress in the us and basically they are getting into the direction for trustworthy secure and safe ai where they are participating to to create a new legislation but also they have some some troubles in the us with ads targeting as well um which will become quite a topic so i it might happen over time that we see more and more social medias roll out the same stuff twitter is doing that it becomes a mostly premium social media and not so much ad supported anymore which i think is quite interesting yeah it's an interesting debate on like what what's the right business model here because you know freemium has well you know just your data being kind of the the revenue generating source is i'm not sure if that's yeah the be- the best model in in the long run so that's like subscription could be an interesting one but yeah you when you think about meta you also think about large data sets in any sort of modalities and this shows in their really advanced models for computer vision we have already talked about their model what was it called segment anything basically which is a really interesting model itself then of course in the nlp space where they have you know services like whatsapp instagram facebook that helps out with this translation services as well but yeah they they have a lot of data and it's mainly been used for you know software kind of development but as i touched upon this, they are also entering like the fields of robotics and uh, hardware devices such as Oculus itself. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of things going on. But what do you personally find most interesting when it comes to Meta in terms of technologies? I think it's kind of obvious. For me, it's the Lama 2 model, which they open sourced, like kind of open source. They didn't really open source the data they used to train it because it's pretty obvious because OpenAI is getting so many lawsuits by different authors. And I think just by not mentioning which data they use to train it, they kind of try to circumvent that stuff. Um, but open sourcing is for me quite an interesting approach because they are banking on third-party developers that start to improve Llama 2 and the AI software around it, but also the hardware. And I think we will see more and more pushes on Llama 2, but also, for example, the Falcon model. Um, which will get more and more architecture updates, uh, but also updates on how to run them efficiently, how to package them, how to compress them, how to quantize them. Um, so they run more efficiently, especially on edge devices. And there is actually a big community on Reddit, which is called Local Llama, which are developing many different models, which can be run on your own device, which is like a local first approach, which I'm most hopeful for. and. I think for the for the next version of the of Llama, which they are already working on, I think we will see more like 
a more advanced chat version, which is trained on human feedback, because we start to see Meta integrating generative AI into Facebook, into WhatsApp and the other services, which a user can chat with. And this will give them so much data to train on, uh, which will be pretty crazy. And I, I hope that they use this data to train the models and then open source it again. What do you think is the reason why they are pushing the frontiers of NLP so much? What do you think they will use the Llama 2 models for if it happens to become you know, locally accessible and be you can run it on whatever device you have it in the end? What, what do you think they will use it for mainly? I think... And what they will use it for, I think they will use it for chatbots. So what they are already doing in, in Facebook, where you can chat with like different characters, where they basically copy character AI's approach. And at the same time, in, in like personal chats, like a personal assistance, where they continue to develop the models. And I think they noticed that the main differentiation is in the data. And... I think they will use the models to capture more and more data so then they can come back, fine-tune better models. And at the same time, through open sourcing Llama 2, they can crowdsource the development, and which is a pretty big approach. And this is like a postulation by me. I think like by open sourcing it, they might even go into a direction that each customer gets a customized model. Um, because we saw on Segment Anything, Segment Anything is running on your device, the web version. So it's using web GPU to plug into the GPU of the, of the user in the end. So it's running locally on your device. And I think this could be a possibility for Meta where they start to make a bigger push into privacy like Apple did and starts to push out local models to the different users. And this is, that's like why like local first, all the community, they can capture all the developments the community is doing because it's all open source. I think that their long-term vision is still the metaverse, basically. I, I think that they are still in on the metaverse themselves and that they were together with Oculus and all their efforts in generative AI, computer vision, NLP, they will create sort of AI agents in the metaverse or new ways to interact with other agents like you, me, whomever might be there. And together with, I don't know, diffusion models, you can kind of create your own world yourself and you'll be able to interact with kind of with whatever. And this is, I, I still think that that's their long-term strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I think. But that's also like local first, you need pretty efficient and small models to be able to to run on the devices because communicating back and forth from the server to the device, even the edge server, in like any gaming context, virtual reality context, it's too slow. That's at least right now. And I think like local models could be a push around. Yeah, so everything has to run on one device basically and be able to efficiently generate a 3D world around you where you can, you know, that you can interact with, that you can, I don't know, use eye gaze in order to look at a specific object, modify it, move it, whatever you have. Also talk with an AI agent, let's say that is built into some sort of Ray-Ban headset or whatever they are working on. 
so that you can i'm not sure if you'll how it will look like but i suppose that they wouldn't they, they wouldn't kind of talk about the metaverse unless it was actually going to happen or that's in their strategy and kind of fusing all of their ai components together to make it as real as possible yeah so i'm really curious curious whether they get like multiple different ais running at the same time how this will be orchestrated because in the end yeah running one small model on your gpu should be possible pretty soon across all devices or even on a cpu but when you start to have like multiple models running again like a vision model you have a text model this won't be possible so i think the future is pretty much multimodal but with multimodal at the moment they aren't working on like a really small scale or they aren't working well enough i guess we'll see if it in like if if they follow if their development follows some sort of exponential kind of increase then you know as soon as you have released one model the next one would be two on one device and then after you never know how far it goes but yeah that's a bit of a speculation but it will it will be interesting to see what they are doing and in terms of research itself such as the Facebook AI Research Lab, the Fair Lab, they are they are really pushing the frontiers in many different ways. And they have, of course, one of the Alan Turing winners themselves in in as a vice president, which is Jan LeCun. And he is he, he is a big proponent of self-supervised learning, which is of course heavily used in natural language processing, but also I think he advocates for computer vision mainly. Or maybe the, you know that's where he comes from with the MNIST data set and so on, and how you can pre-train models to to learn the representations of a of an image before actually putting a label onto it and say that okay, this is a dog, basically. But he has some interesting thoughts on this, and I do think that they are. I mean, you always see the Fair Research Lab in the, all the conferences out there, like the Neurips and the. ICML, ICRL. I think he's he's even one of the creators of the ICRL conference, to be honest. But I can be wrong. I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe some more interesting stuff they are developing at the moment, especially around Llama 2. I think first they they make it really easy to to deploy it now. So they did like a complete notebook uh, of how to deploy Llama 2. Um, for like beginners, they started to do some inference optimization, um, which makes it easier to package the models and serve them. And also the, the Intel hardware, which I found quite curious that they started to, to bring out an optimized version for Intel AI hardware, which isn't the hardware you would commonly use for, for AI. Do you know a specific what it is or why they are pushing, why they are working with this Intel's hardware devices? I'm not sure. So it's like, I think Intel still has a pretty big footprint in, in laptops, especially, especially in like the common or more common work laptops you get from your company. And I think it makes sense that you, they, I don't think they care about the training part. I think they care about the inference part. And with NVIDIA, they have like now a framework for deploying local AI models or deploying AI models on NVIDIA GPUs across the board. And I think this could be something similar. 
that you have like someone training a model and he's easily pushing the models to the different various or laptops of the of the customers in the end. That could be. Regarding Llama 2, why do you think they chose 7 billion, 13 billion and 70 billion parameter size of the model? Is there a specific reason for this? Will it become, will they make them more small uh, or smaller? What, what do you think? So if we, if you look at the common model sizes, let's, let's say, let's go over a billion. I haven't seen so many 1 billion parameter models. You basically have like 3 billion, 7 billion, 14 billion, 30 and 70, which are the most common sizes. And it's pretty much, it's hardware based. So if you do the math, you have like the different GPU sizes, like 8 gig, 14 gig, 16, 32, and so on, 25. And basically the, the model, the increasing models are suitable for the different steps in, in RAM. Okay. So if, so if they were to launch a smaller one, that would probably be a model, which already have been like, it, it would have the same size as many other models. You said 3 billion parameters or, um, I'm not sure if there's one or maybe even smaller, but do you think that they will just stick with 7 billion parameters because as you know, the devices get better and better we i don't know it might just be a good enough model to be able to run and the, the inference time is also really low anyway so yeah so i expect the to actually see more thir- 3 billion parameter models because in the last month especially i've seen so many 3 billion parameter models which have been fine-tuned heavily and adjusted heavily to work really well on specialized tasks. And I think we will see, um, especially with Llama 2 and other open source models, more a trend towards specialized models, which are used for specialized applications and you load them dynamically onto your device, depending on what you're working on. And I think like 3 billion is the perfect size for that that you don't take over all of the RAM of your GPU on your on your laptop or whatever device you have, um, but still being performant enough to be of high quality for any generation. And then, of course, they have their efforts in, as we briefly touched upon, the robotics and the VR space with Oculus. Oculus is one of the... They, they just came out with the third generation, I think, of it. And, of course, it's improved battery lifetime. It's lighter so that it's... You know, it's not so heavy on your head while you put it on. I I don't have a VR device myself. I would maybe want to try one out to see what it's really like because the new one is supposed to be really good. I just don't... I still have a hard time seeing like why someone would enter a virtual reality space if it's not like for gaming mainly. But... Yeah, this is, you know, as the development uh, kind of proceeds, we will see what what it will be used for. Maybe meeting, maybe it will become like more in a workplace related setting where you can, because I think that's the problem of the big platforms right now, like Microsoft Teams or, you know, video conferencing. It's not so immersive. You rather prefer, most people rather prefer being in like real meetings where you actually have you know, you can see the people, you can understand the kind of what, uh, what their emotions are based on their movements and facial expressions. And you might not even see this in a 
in an online meeting as well. So this could be used. Yeah, I can't really see myself using VR, uh, to be honest. Also, AR, I see pretty challenging. So I have glasses, but when I'm out in my day to day, I'm not wearing my glasses most of the time, unless I really need them, like when I'm in traffic or when I'm reading or when I'm on my laptop, but otherwise I don't wear them. And I think like, even for me, as someone who needs them, I prefer to not use them if I don't really absolutely necessarily use them. And I think for people who are not used to wearing it, this will be even pro more pronounced. So I'm not sure how AR really will, will integrate. Um, and I think that the obvious way is glasses at the moment. And this is for me pretty challenging. And for VR, I think it's underestimated of, of how prone we are to, to multitasking because we're always checking messages and stuff like that. And this would have be it would have to be integrated into VR. So you really need to be able to go cross-platform. So you need to integrate the different messaging apps, the different hardware. So like you have to be able to integrate like Apple hardware or the messages you get on Apple off there. Otherwise, I'm always jumping from my VR glasses, taking them off, looking at my messages, and then going back again. And as you said, like, what are, what are your use cases beyond gaming? I think like I've seen a few cool examples with fitness, but that's just personal preference for me. I would just prefer regular classes and stuff like that. And the, the meeting stuff, I think it's pretty unnecessary. So either go in person or go in Zoom, but like something that's stuck in between is... I'm not sure if it's unnecessary. I think it would maybe help people working remotely to be able to feel more, I don't know, connect, connect more with people remotely. But, the, you know, this is just kind of speculation. And also for gaming, I'm not sure if VR and AR will, you know, redefine what gaming actually means. Maybe in a virtual reality where it feels like you are, I don't know, flying or something like that, people would love to do if you have really good VR glasses. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. But let's let's see how that develops. But it's a it's an interesting space. And I like that they are also trying to push their models onto their own hardware. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to touch right. upon before we leave this session? No. I think we're pretty good. We covered, I think, like most of the... Yeah, so stuff. please go and check out their research page. I can really recommend it because there's so many cool papers out and also the like demos that you can, you know, check. It's, it's really something I, I, I can definitely recommend it. But uh, as you might have known, we did not touch upon PyTorch, which is one of the fundamental kind of technologies that enable them to run all their models in an efficient, collaborative, and open source way. We will get back to this and talk more about PyTorch and Py specifically PyTorch 2.0 and, you know, the newer versions in the, one of the coming episodes. But until then, hope you have a good day. Stay updated with what OpenAI is doing and what also Meta is doing because there, there's a lot coming out there right now. And we'll see you next time. See you. See you soon, buddy.